people were just paying more than us. Like we, we kept doing due diligence, kept submitting offers, uh, but other groups, other established groups who potentially maybe had more scale or, or had different type of capital arrangements, uh, they could just simply pay more. And we kind of just sat there and said, well, let's go chase owners directly. So we just basically put out a campaign, uh, started grabbing data points and learning how to scrape data online and, and use resources to our advantage to try to get in front of owners and just put out the question, you know, are, are you interested in entertaining an offer? That's where all of our, quite frankly, all of our deals have come from. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings, where you'll learn from the world's most savvy syndicators and investors exactly what it takes to invest in apartment building syndications. Now, here's your host, Mark Allen Kenny. Hey, everybody. Welcome to How to Buy Giant Apartment Buildings. I'm Mark Allen Kenny, and our guest today is Jacob Blackett. How are you doing today, Jacob? I am doing well, Mark. Pleasure getting on here, catching up with you. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank you for being here. So for those who don't know, Jacob has deployed over $50 million into income-producing real estate. He also founded Holdfolio, which currently owns and manages over 1,200 units, And Jacob also founded Syndication Pro, a software company that gives sponsors a fully integrated platform to raise capital and manage their investors online. So Jacob, I'm super excited to talk with you today. Uh, Could you give the listeners just a little bit more about your background and how you got started in real estate? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So uh, my real estate journey started back in 2009 when I was a freshman in college And uh, it was actually an infomercial late one night. It was fix and flip, uh, making money, fixing and flipping houses. And uh, that was was my forte, my entry point to real estate. I I didn't know anyone who uh, was in real estate. Uh, None of my family was in real estate. And at that point in time, it was kind of like I I was studying business and finance uh, and uh, and I was like, you know what, this is interesting because I honestly have no idea how people make money with real estate, even though it's all all around us. And um, and at the time, my university didn't have any real estate course offerings. So, uh, so I attended a free one night, uh, which of course got sold on the weekend, uh, two day, uh, I think it was like $9.95, put it on the credit card type thing. And, and yeah, I ended up, ended up stepping into my first couple fix and flips during college. And when I graduated, I decided that I uh, wouldn't get a job. Uh, I would go ahead and get my real estate license and wholesale and flip properties and see where it went. And so that kind of led me on a progression of, of doing those more transactional deals uh, and, uh, and then learning about the power of being able to buy a property that's going to that's gonna shoot out a, a stream of income every month uh, going forward, really kind of fell in love with that concept. And so that's kind of how I got into syndications and, and what I'm currently doing. So that transition from single family houses that you were flipping, did you jump right into larger buy and holds or did you buy and hold uh, single families first or what, what was that transition like? 
Yeah, I so I focused on single family homes uh, for gosh, probably four years. Uh, and, and I had got to over 100 single family home rentals that I owned. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, myself and with investors. Uh, I actually got up to over 150 before, um, before purchasing a 46 unit apartment was my first, uh, first purchase. And then I, at that time, I, I wasn't, um, I was still doing single family homes and the apartments. I picked up a 50 unit um, about six or seven months after the 46 unit. And, and that was kind of like um, kind of, kind of like a light bulb moment in terms of all of the work I was doing um, to find and acquire single family homes and, um, and also manage them. And then I also had these two properties with almost a hundred units um, in two locations uh, and, and the management was just so clean and, and the operations was just night and day um, from having all those single family homes spread out all, all over town. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's when we, that's when we decided that, uh, you know, let's, let's cut the cord on single family homes and, and go chase these uh, apartments. That's amazing. And so did you have a team uh, around you to, to help manage those? Cause I know, yeah, that's very management intensive to manage 150 houses. Um, were you doing that mostly yourself or did you have other people helping you? Yeah, we, so we started out um, from the beginning managing the properties ourselves. Uh, and so early on in um, 20, in 2014, uh, it was myself and my partner Sterling White, and so um, so we we started out in 2014 uh, syndicating portfolios of single-family homes. Um, prior to that, in 2013, 2012, I was mostly doing fix and flips and wholesale deals. Oh, interesting. So yeah, we started syndicating and and doing the management ourselves. Uh, quite honestly. In the early days, it was myself and Sterling um, for properties zero through 20, uh, zero through 30, probably. It was just him and I, uh, in the very early days, we sat at my dining room table uh, and, and we're, we're making, this, making this work. And then we just hired out, uh, naturally, as the progression goes, uh, kind of a leasing management person was, was the first hire. And and um, now we we have a team of uh, about 14. Interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. So for the syndications that you were doing for single family houses, is that something where you would actually buy an existing portfolio from a seller? Or are you talking about kind of raising a, a fund and then going out and acquiring those properties one by one? I, so I was acquiring properties one by one with my own cash. And uh, we were buying distressed assets. So from auction or, or any type of distress sale where it needed, it was vacant, needed rehab. So we were getting them at a good discount, uh, renovating, moving tenants. And, and then at that time, uh, we would take 10 of those single family homes, move them into one LLC, uh, special purpose and, and bring on partners. Oh, okay. So you would recap it. Yeah. Basically recap it. Um, and, and those, those deals were actually 100% cash. There was no debt involved uh, across the board. So it was, it was really simple, straight split, uh, profit sharing with investors. And we did 
uh, about a dozen of those. Nice. So then uh, for the transition to larger properties, the 47 apartment building, um, the 50 unit, were you actively looking for apartment buildings at that point? Or was it the type of thing where you were sending out direct mail and and found a deal or just it just kind of came across your desk without you actively trying to make that jump? Yeah. So in mid 20, uh, let's see, mid 2016, um, I had actually caught wind of apartment investing through a podcast. And, uh, and so I was listening to this podcast, um, learning and just really just kind of get, that was my exposure to apartment investing. And then, uh, within a few months, um, I actually, had a call with the host of the podcast oh, wow. and, and he was pretty convincing in, in saying that uh, I was basically wasting my time with the single family homes and that I should go out and buy an apartment. And, um, and we had, we had known of an apartment that was, that was actually hundred percent vacant. Um, and it was in, in the neighborhoods that we were purchasing and we just knew of it. And so we, we said, well, let's go, let's go research that one. Um, and it actually turned out that the one across the street is the one that we ended up buying. Uh, so it was, it was really crazy in terms of, uh, in terms of just going out, looking and finding a deal very quickly, uh, that, that penciled out that deal worked well. Uh, it certainly, certainly worked well. Um, you know, it, it took maybe six, six to eight months. And that's pretty typical for to go deal to deal. Now it takes, it takes time to find good deals. Yeah. That's awesome. And it sounds like you had an existing base of investors who trusted your knowledge of the market, trusted your ability to underwrite deals. And, um, yes, yeah, it sounds like as soon as you were ready to make that jump, you were able to pull the trigger. So that's awesome. I heard you say in another, another interview that you, you found most of your deals simply by cold calling owners, um, researching on Facebook online, trying to really hustle to get in contact directly with the owners. I think that's really amazing. I was wondering if you could just give a little bit more insight into that strategy and how you're able to make that work. Yeah, basically how we, when we really started getting into multifamily, uh, we closed that first deal in, in, um, in late 2016, going into 2017. And in the last couple of years, as you know, uh, it's been, it's been pretty hot, the multifamily market, the real estate market in general. Uh, it's been hard to find deals and we kept, we, we uh, back in 2016, 2017, and and historically, conventionally, you get you get commercial deals from commercial brokers. Uh, you you network in and and you see what's available and and you get your deals from brokers. And so that's where we started, and we we found that being early um, early in investors to uh, apartments, um, people were just paying more than us. Like we, we kept doing due diligence, kept submitting offers, uh, but other groups, other established groups who potentially um, maybe had more scale or, or had different type of capital arrangements, uh, they could just simply pay more. And we kind of just sat there and said, well, let's go, let's go chase owners directly. Uh, let's try to get in front of, get, get in front of the broker and just have that one-on-one conversation. That's, that's where a lot of our success and, and our best deals were on the single family side. They always came from uh, some type of uh, marketing piece or, or sign where we were able to talk to the owner directly and build that relationship. 
And uh, yeah, so we just basically put out put out a campaign, uh, started grabbing data points and learning how to uh, scrape data online and 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 use resources to our advantage to to try to get in front of owners and just put out the question: Are you know are are you interested in entertaining an offer? And that's where um, that's where all of our quite frankly all of our deals have come from. We'll have conversations with on-site management sometimes. And we purchased, I know for sure, at least one deal, it came from calling the Ferenc number. And the owner, it was a 50 unit, and the owner answered directly. Uh, that is actually the same thing happened on a 120 unit. Uh, the, the owner was actively managing the property. Um, and so that's, that's not very common, but it does happen. So yeah, the, really our approach is of course, what's kind of the top for lack of better word, top of the funnel, like what's the easiest numbers to find, uh, start with those. And then, uh, for the LLC, for example, Googling the LLC, Googling the address, looking at street view to see what type of address, if it's a business, uh, we, we bought one deal that that was our entry point. We realized that the address on the LLC was a debt collections business. And so um, we called the debt collection business and the owner of the debt collection business owned the property. And, and so that was how we were able to get in touch. Wow. I love that. That's some, some really good detective work there. That's awesome. Could you tell us a little bit about Syndication Pro? Um, I'm super interested in that software. It sounds like a very powerful software that, that you built, basically. Um, how did that come about in the first place? Yeah, I'd love to, right? So Syndication Pro, uh, I own and operate two businesses. One is Holdfolio. That's real estate related uh, and, and owning real estate with partners. And then Syndication Pro is a software. Uh, company and with Holdfolio back in 2013, our goal was to raise money online uh, to to have our investors come to our site, view our deals, invest in the deals, and 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 manage that process online. And what we ended up doing from 2013 and over the years is we built out our own website to raise money for our own deals. And uh, and I had colleagues uh, once we got traction um and and had a lot of success with that uh i kept having colleagues asking me hey how do we how do we replicate holdfolio how do we build what you've built and and i didn't have a good answer for them because i had spent so much time and money building that out and so it was actually through those conversations and we launched a beta beta version in late 2018 and we got some pretty good traction and and uh, launched uh, our second version late last year, which has just uh, completely exploded. Um, so it, it's been going really well. Um, people, people are loving it. It's, it's a differentiated uh, product for people raising money on deals, uh, whether that's real estate or other deals. Could you give the listener um, a rundown, maybe just a, paint a picture of the power of, of that software? Maybe it's a syndicator who's done one or two deals. You know, they're still managing contacts in a spreadsheet. They're sending out reports as a, an Excel attachment or something. Um, how can Syndication Pro kind of help them take that, those investor relationships to the next level? Yeah, it's it's customer service to investors is one side of it. So. Um, 
I think it definitely increases referrals. Um, there's a, there's a, now a structure where people can hear about you and sign up and get into your funnel. So it, it definitely increases the amount of investors, uh, that you're able to attract and acquire. Uh, but the biggest thing is time saving, uh, that that's, that's through automations and systems that are built into the software for, uh, for example, I manage uh, through Holdfolio, I use the software, of course, uh, and I manage over 600 investments um, across, uh, across our portfolio of 18 syndications. Um, our, one of our most recent raises, it, it, we, we raised capital from 85 individual investors um, over the period of a roughly a couple weeks. And, um, and we do all of that. I, I mean, I, I had that with no investor relations. Um, it's, it's all because of the software and the automations and the processes. Um, I can raise money like that and I can service and update those investors and, and make them a private of distributions uh, with so little effort that it doesn't require another team member, which I think is extremely powerful. It's that time of the show for a segment called Best Deal, Worst Deal, where we talk about real estate transactions that you've done in the past so that others can learn from your knowledge and expertise. So Jacob, with that said, what's the best real estate deal that you've done? Good question. And um, there's so many, right? Like the back in the fix and flips when we were doing those, some of those deals where we basically double our money um, were just amazing. I, I think all, what I would what I would highlight here is um, a, a deal that we actually purchased uh, to host our office. And so this was, this was in 2014. We were, we were bootstrapped um, and very price conscious. And we found this old Victorian home. Uh, actually, we were calling up looking for, looking for offices to rent. Um, uh, and then through one of those, through one of those commercial brokers had mentioned that he bought this old Victorian house from auction. Didn't really know what to do with it because he was in office and commercial. Uh, so I went and checked it out. Um, and it was a huge, a huge Victorian home. Uh, we ended up structuring a deal where um, he carried a $60,000 note on it. Uh, I put, we put $5,000 down and paid $500 a month with no interest. Uh, and, um, we ended up spending, we ended up spending about $60,000 in renovations while we were there, uh, in that property. And so, so we were a little over a hundred grand into it and, um, ended up selling that property for, uh, about two fifty uh, when we sold it. So a nice, uh, the, the reason I like that deal is because the seller financing aspect uh, you know, no interest, little bit, little bit of money to get into it. So really our risk was so low getting into it. And then, um, and then through improvements and through, uh, just being in a gentrifying neighborhood, uh, we were able to double, double our money or, or, um, you know, much, much more than that even. Uh, so, so yeah, I love that deal. 
Awesome. And what advice would you give to someone who's interested in structuring a deal like that? Um, maybe they're interested in seller financing. Do you have any advice for someone to, um, you know, negotiate with the seller to make that happen? You know, it, the biggest thing is asking, right? So number one, ask, uh, of course, uh, to see what the options are. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I, where I've convinced someone to do something that they didn't want to do. So, <laughs> uh, so I don't think quite honestly, I would be too proud of that anyways. Sure. Um, and so all of the seller financing, our first apartment was seller financed. Um, but that, that just came, that just simply came from being in front of the seller directly, um, having conversations with them, being able to, uh, show, show and build rapport and show that you're, you're, uh, you know, a real person that you're legit. And I think that just that little bit of trust, uh, really goes a long way and having that direct relationship with the seller, uh, really opens that door a lot more. Yeah. That's awesome. And Jacob, what would you say is the worst real estate deal that you've done? Probably the second apartment complex we purchased was a 50 unit. At the end of the day, the current the, the previous owners had owned it for 30 years and they had just been putting band-aids on, on everything. Uh, and going into that deal, we underestimated our repairs and maintenance that it was going to take to really fix things, uh, to not put band-aids, but actually um, uh, do things right. And so, so we blew, blew through our repairs and maintenance budget uh, month over month for about 18 months uh, it took to finally get that under control. Uh, and it, we simply didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't plan for that if, if we were to go back. And what we do for our deals now is we simply allocate much more uh, if the vintage is older, like 70s, uh, early 70s, then our repairs and maintenance is probably double or even triple the allocation that it would be for like newer vintage, uh, early two thousands, for example, or late nineties. So yeah, that, that, uh, we ended up, ended up selling that property, uh, and, and things worked out, uh, made some good profits, good returns, but, oh, good. uh, you know, it was stressful, uh, during the, during the period of time of, of, uh, trying to get through those repairs and maintenance without having that cash allocated up front to do so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like the, the one thing that you learned and, and took away to future projects is just to, uh, build in more of a buffer for, uh, repairs and maintenance. Is that, does that sound right? Yeah, there's two options. Uh, ideally you can just build in a big buffer into your budget for repairs and maintenance. Typically, uh, for a property that has a lot of deferred maintenance, you'll have that spike of, of extra costs over a 12 to 24 month period. But it will taper down uh, as you con- get control of all the things that should have been done for the last five to 10 years that weren't. Um, so, so ideally you can build it into the uh, budget and just plan for it. That's obviously going to decrease your cash flow and, and decrease the amount you're able to offer for the property. So you're going to be buying it for cheaper, which is, which is great if it works. Alternatively, you could just budget that out over 18 months, for example, and just have that extra 150, 200 grand raised up front in order to supplement those additional costs. 
That makes sense. Jacob, we're almost out of time here, but I'd like to end with one more question. What advice do you have for a passive investor looking to get started? Maybe they are um, they have not invested in a deal before. Maybe they've done one or two. What advice would you give that person for investing as a passive investor in today's market? That's a great question. Um, I actually have a guide for investing in syndications as passive investors. So Maybe we could put that in the show notes. Yeah, you got it. It's a pretty, it's a pretty good guide. Uh, I mean, it, it's how I vet my deal. Of course, I do my own deals, right? I also invest in other syndications, so it's how I, how I vet out those deals myself as an experienced real estate uh, sponsor and investor. So, so we could put that link uh, in the in the show notes. It really comes down to knowing who the sponsors are and the track record. Um, and then just some, some kind of rules of thumbs and, and, and key things. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to put that in the show notes. Thanks for, uh, for offering that. And, and Jacob, where can others connect with you and learn more about what you're up to? So both of my business sites, uh, holdfolio.com, syndicationpro.com, both of those sites have my contact information directly on them uh, and, and have some more information about, about those businesses. So I'd encourage uh, people to to check those out and and reach out to me, of course, the open invitation. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time to be here. I really appreciate it and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks a lot, Mark. Hey, everybody. It's Mark Allen Kenny. I'm doing this crazy thing right now where I'm offering a free one-on-one call with me to talk about your investment goals. We can talk about syndications, joint ventures, whatever you're looking to accomplish in real estate. Just go to our website and book your free call with me today at giantapartmentbuildings.com.